Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Brings a huge anointing upon us tonight, and uh, I know the Lord is in this place, and God will touch the lives of people in, in a new way in this year. Just everything is going to be made new. These evenings here at church are going to be very exciting because of that because we know not where the Lord is leading us. And therefore, we pray, Lord, just lead this church service. Tonight, we'll see people bury their old life, their old man, the old man of sin in the grave, in that baptismal pool, and then rise up into the newness of life by the glory of God. We thank you for your word tonight. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Well, there we are, and uh, this is just the way I think the Lord sometimes works, you know, because when you are here, don't go away, trumpeter. In fact, I think, I think, I think the band, doesn't matter if the whole band is here, the singers, I want you just there. I want the music to come in. So let's just stand and start the Daniel fast before I go any further, because I'm caught up in the anointing now, and uh, I just want to... Well, you can be on duty here. I don't know what happens after this. You never know with these services. You know what happened to me tonight? Here is a message. The message is just out and more things. Now the Lord's leading me in another direction. So I'm just, I'm just going with it. So I'll just read here one thing and then the rest we'll just see how the Lord takes us tonight. The um, thing is, we're going to have the spotlight or cameras on the baptismal pools. You can all see people buried and raised up in the newness of life. See people leave their old life behind. But here is the moment. Here is the important moment. Olof is jylle achter jylle gereed hiervoor. Ek weet nie of Lydia gereed is. Ek sien haar nie op die oomlid nie. Carlines, no more prawns. No more carnarvon chops and things like that. We will both mourn together. And uh, we'll have a 21-day thing of that, but we're going to get to God. I said we're going to get to God. Now, won't you all give the Lord a praise offering? Hallelujah. I'm going to say something about that thing about getting to God in a moment. But first, let's... Right now, put your hand on your heart and your other hand towards heaven. And let us hear the sound of the trump that will sound 21 days again from now. This is high devotion time with God. Hand on your heart and the other hand up to the Lord. And at any time you want to, raise both your hands. Let the trumpet go.
we decree the Daniel fast 23 is open, has begun. Devotion is the order of day. Take us close to you, Lord Jesus. We all hunger and thirst for your presence. Take us into the holy of holies. Take us into the holy place. Yes, Lord Jesus, this night, take us into the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of the Almighty. We shall say this night of the, rock, the Lord, you are our rock, you are our fortress, you are our refuge, in you do we trust. We lay our prayers before you, our annual prayers, our weekly prayers. We bring it into action and we activate the Daniel fast, devotion time, drawing near to God that you would bless your people and protect us and provide us and prosper our way all this year. And we shall be a light of the kingdom of God in the place of darkness in the cities surrounding us. Where people have darkness, we will be driving out the darkness through the light as it is written, let your light shine so before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Give the Lord a praise offer, give everybody right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give Him praise. Give Him worship. Give Him honor. Bless the Lord. Lord, there is an expectance. There is an expectance that you will do more miracles this year than in all the previous years. That the functioning and the demonstration and the power of your most Holy Spirit in our midst will be seen, heard, and felt, even as it is tonight. And we, we devote our lives with endurance and we will sustain this. We will not drop out, but we will think of our lives and our futures and we will shape the future by the power of our prayer life and the Daniel fast. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. You may take your seats. Thank you very much. Now, I have a verse there, but I'm not going to read it right now. I'm just going to take you because now I'm going in a different direction because of what the Lord, I've actually prepared quite a different sermon for tonight. And then the Lord just right here just unfolded the thing before me. The book of, of Romans is a powerful book. It is the book that God gave to the Christian church for those first 300 years that they were in the time of the Roman Empire and they were persecuted. The one, the one book that Paul wrote that became, let's say, the hallmark, the foundation of Christian conduct covering multidimensional things of Christian life is the book of Romans. It is just that powerful. It is just that powerful. So I don't want to go because we could take it now verse by verse. Each and every one of those verses, I have them in memory. So let's just say, we're going to take, just give you a little summary of what goes on here. This is what is different from what I would have done. Romans chapter number one opens up 
with the words Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Not of God, not of men, but of God. The apostle begins immediately to write. So in Romans chapter number one, verse 14, he speaks to the people. He talks about prayer in the first verses. And he talks about the lips of many working together in prayer as they are combined. And they are there to serve God in the spirit by prayer, through prayer. Like we have happening here every Saturday with a multitude now of people coming in for prayer with the Saturday prayer meeting. Paul, the apostle, an apostle, of course, that is a whole meaning. You could write the whole book on just a thick book on the word apostle of Jesus Christ. And now the library is endless. When you say the word Jesus, it becomes endless. But in Romans chapter number one, the apostle Paul, full of the spirit, having been separated by God, he gets to a point where he says, you know what? I'm a debtor, both to the Jews and to the Gentiles, to the wise and to the unwise. And he makes a, a sweeping statement. He says these words. He says, for as much as is in me, I am ready to preach. As much as in me. Question is, in the year of 2023, how much have you got on the inside of you? Because that is what God will use to convert others into the kingdom of God. And then he goes on. And then he says, I'm a debtor. And what I have, and as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach it. For I, verse 16, am not as ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of the kingdom of God. For it is the power of God to salvation. Baptism, if I break away from the flow there for a moment... Baptism is all about that because the power of God unto salvation has worked. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was ashamed of me in this generation. I shall have the same for him. Be ashamed in my Father's presence when you one day appear to the throne before the throne of God. Hence the Baptist or the baptism. The baptism is a public unashamed public identification with Jesus Christ, with his death, with his burial, with his resurrection by the glory of the Father, that even so we are who are baptized are baptized together with Christ into his death. That just as Christ, Romans 6, was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should live. But in Romans chapter number one, he goes on, and now he spreads out the sins from Romans chapter number one, verse 18. And he begins to talk about the sins of the world and the people of the world. And he begins to expose it and he calls it out. And he says, the wrath of God has been revealed from heaven. For those, listen to this particular quotation, who suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. They suppress the truth. There's a lot of that going on where truth is suppressed. You hear about people that uh, hide information and statistics of things, particularly in these days, when we have a lot of those things happening in the world that is like around us, it is like scrambled eggs. Around us, it is like a conundrum. Those people do not know where they're going, for they have not the Spirit of God around the planet. Those men and women, many of them are not even born again, but they lead nations, and the blind leading the blind causes many people to go down into the pit along with them, particularly if they have got ungodly aspirations and philosophies of life, and they turn their back on the living God. 
Well, Paul the Apostle exposes all the iniquity suppressed, who suppressed the people who suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. And then he goes on in chapter number two, and I move on because the time is not, I can go slower, but let me move on here. Chapter number two, he immediately says, says after all of that, you know about all of those sins, the list of those sins are given, and some people even condoning that and placing their agreement upon all the stuff that's going on, particularly in the last days, which shall be as the days of Noah, according to the Lord Jesus Christ, he makes two statements, he says, as the days of Noah, it shall be the last days, and it shall also be as the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he makes this statement, and then just when anybody feels, well, you know what, I'm not part of that, he swings into Romans chapter number two, and he says, therefore you are inexcusable, O man, who judges another. For with the same judgment that you use, it shall be measured back to you again. And he begins to talk to the people on a very serious note, that we are not to judge our fellow man, but we're to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. Let me move on again to Romans chapter number three. In Romans three, the apostle goes on and he makes some sweeping powerful statements about Christianity and life in the kingdom of God. And then he says, you know, there is something that is very, very important. He says, all have sinned in Romans three and have come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Everybody needs a savior. You know, the man, not me, but the man, Oral Roberts, made a statement, a very powerful statement. He led, they say, about 40 million people to the Lord in his day as an evangelist. Powerful man of God. He's now gone on to be with the Lord, and he's clearly one of those of the generals of God in the kingdom of God history. And he made a statement. He stood, and he said these words. He said, every man, every man has a personal secret. And he does not discuss that secret with anybody except God himself. Every person has got some form of secret sin or secret thing that they're hiding away. And uh, it sit there, it would sit there, it's like a skeleton in a closet. But you know what? There is now the antithesis to that. We talk about the Daniel fast and the drawing near to God. How do you draw near to God? Do you know what? When you come into the kingdom of God, you're born again. You're now just saved. You just come into the kingdom and uh, you hear of this thing called the sin factor or the sin principle. Then you get convicted of sin and you feel you got to leave this. Immediately, I remember in my own life, immediately there were things I wanted to drop and things I didn't want to do anymore. And I wanted to clean my life. I just had this desire immediately as I gave my life to the Lord. But here it is, that as you grow in the Lord, we get closer to God, particularly now with the Daniel fast. Then you find out, listen carefully, that as you go closer to God, those little sins sting like hornets, I tell you, like wasps, like scorpions. Because now, because you have grown up in the Lord and you're close to God, that guilt of doing anything wrong in the presence of God because of your devotion and you're close to the Lord. It now is the tolerance of that is less. And there's, if, 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 if it's, like, it's like stepping with a bare foot on a thorn. And that prick feels like it's your entire body. You know that, Dr. Dennis? 
Just that thing takes all your attention. You got this, or you bump your toe and it's blue or whatever the case be. That feels like your whole body is like that. And it takes all your attention just on your toe, on the smallest of your toes. So it is with sin. When you get close to God, those things that in the times past, they were like little foxes that spoil the vine. If you now go back to those little foxes, they hurt and they sting like a viper and they hurt. And so getting close to God comes at a price, but then you move over into the glory. And then you're very protective of that relationship with God. And then you don't want to go to those things. Because if you felt guilty of sin, going out or sailing out into the open sea, you feel guilty of sin as you draw closer to the harbor of God. As you draw closer, those things bug you so much that you can't sleep. I, I was thinking that it is the most terrible, terrible thing. I don't even want to imagine it for anybody to be a backslider, to be far away from God. And then Paul the Apostle offers a little writing there, and he says, but now there's a new thing. And in Romans chapter number three, and he says, this is the law of faith, quote, unquote, quote, unquote. He says, here's your key. So everybody's got the attention now on the verse that talks about the law of faith in Romans chapter number three. After verse number 23, he gets into it and he speaks about the law of faith. And you wonder about the law of faith. And then he says, what shall we then say in chapter number four that Abraham, our father, according to the faith that's found? What did Abraham find? And he now gets into a discourse with Abraham, the father of the faith. Genesis 15 Verse 6, and Abraham believed in God, and it was accounted unto him to righteousness. But what did he find? That against hope, in hope, he believed. He did not consider the barrenness of Sarah's womb, but he believed against hope, in hope. And there he went on to believe God until he reached the age of 100 years, and there was a little Yitzhak or Isaac that was born, meaning laughter, meaning joy. So Isaac was born. And here's a whole chapter that tells you just how to line up your faith with believing Abraham and to bless the Lord because without faith, Hebrews 11 verse 6, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes unto God must believe that he is in the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I am very happy with this chapter because it really lifts me up and I think about it. And then God suddenly swings, and I just take a verse or so out of Romans chapter number five, the next chapter, and here we find out that how much more, now that we've been purchased and bought by the blood of Jesus, shall we, we, the body of Christ, how many of you members of the body of Christ, shall we be saved from the wrath which is to come, which you find again in Second Thessalonians and chapter number two. We see how that God has not reserved his children unto wrath. Jesus Christ at the end of days, at the time of the coming of the, the, the Antichrist, is not going to expose the bride of Christ to any form of such judgment and fierce judgment that is meted out. And it's on the menu for this planet Earth. And it's just around the corner. In fact, he talks about collecting the bride in First Thessalonians chapter number four and verse 23. You can read about the church and its departure. And then we see, now we're talking about Romans 5. And there from the 12th verse in Romans 5, we find yet another thing. An exciting comparison with the first Adam 
which is Adam of the Garden of Eden, and of course, the last Adam, which is Christ the Lord. And that now through Jesus Christ, so many things, you can make a list of the two, the, 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 the two, like two columns of what happened from Romans chapter number 12 to the end of that chapter concerning Christ the, and, and the first Adam and the last Adam. It is an amazing thing. It moves into chapter number six. And now somebody comes along and says, what shall we sin? Romans six. What shall we sin so that grace now abound? You know, God's riches at Christ's expense. Shall we now sin? How better? Let's just get into it. Then we have more grace. Then God shows more grace when we sin. And, 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 you know, shall we do that? And Paul, the apostle, is very strong on that, basically in a very, very strong statement, he says. Like he says these words, if I try to explain it, he said, God forbid that. Know you not that as many of you were baptized, were baptized with Christ into his death. That just as he was baptized, or that he was that, that as Christ was was baptized into his death, and then it says that just as Christ was 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 raised up by the glory of the Father, we were baptized with Christ, would be raised up together with him in the glory of God. So we are walkers of the glory of God. We are people who live in the glory of God. In fact, Romans chapter number seven, just the next chapter, says that we're to serve the Lord also for the second time in the newness of the Spirit. But in Romans chapter number six, I haven't read it here off the computer because I wanted to read it because if you quote, sometimes you can leave a little word out here or there. But, you know, if, 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 if you look at that, Romans chapter number six, he then says, now you are no longer slaves to sin, so do not yield your bodies, your mortal bodies as slaves unto sin, but rather yield yourself. And he uses the Greek word doulos, which is a slave, as slaves unto righteousness, right standing with God, living right with the Lord. Yield yourself for that. It's an amazing thing. And he moves on in chapter number seven, and he says, furthermore, I want to tell you Christians, he says, now listen, you know, now, after all of this, you're dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And he says in Romans chapter number six, verse 11, by the way, he says, likewise, reckon yourselves indeed dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Dead to sin. Why? Because, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, I live no more. If a death has taken place, a funeral is necessary. An old nature that gave you all the trouble, like I would always say, all those sticks for so many years, and aggravation that always wants to run rebelliously out of control, that old nature, he says, now you are dead to sin, but you are to be married. You are married to another, even Jesus Christ the Lord. And he identifies the bride of Christ right there in Romans chapter number 7. Reckon yourselves dead to sin. Paul therefore says, I have been crucified with Christ. I live no more, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 6, 20, Galatians 2, 20 and 6, 14, he goes on and he says these words. He says, I have no need, further need to boast except about the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through whom we have been crucified to this world and the world to us. 
We're just a royal priesthood. We are a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. Revelation chapter number one, he's made us kings and priests. And now we are a holy nation, priests and kings of our God. And so there we find in Romans chapter number seven, the apostle comes to the point where he says, you know what, when I say these things, you know, when I went up to Jerusalem, Galatians chapter number two, chapter one and two, he says, you know, when I went after my separation and my preparation by God, before I started now ministering my ministry for some 14 years, he says, I returned to Jerusalem to share with the leaders of the church in Jerusalem, lest I would lay the labor in vain. And they quietly listened to the apostle Paul and they knew that this man had God all over his life. He would pick up a pen, a pen and he would write, and the Holy Spirit take command of every little stroke of that pen, and he would write the New Testament books one after the other. Can you imagine your pen just moving on under the guidance of the Holy Spirit with a little light, a little lamp of olive oil, and that's all you've got in those days, and you're writing, but God is writing, and the Spirit of God is all over the man. They listen to him, and he says, I've been crucified with Christ, you know. He says these words, I die daily, you know. Now there in the baptismal pool, those people that are now entering and all across the entire Christian world everywhere, the moment they were converted, they were to be baptized. Not wait till next week or sometime or whatever, immediately be baptized. And we see that constantly right throughout if you read the book of Acts, you see it all the time. How the people on the spot, even on the day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 people and they were committed to baptism. Right there, the first members of the church on the spot. Acts chapter number uh, 8, Acts chapter number, um, let's say, uh, chapter number uh, 19, where he is. And then we find also with the, uh, the, the, the jailer of Philippi, how did they, they, they were buried the same time as he gave his life to Christ, he buried his old man through the baptism and left behind a nature. In actual fact, he, he dis, disabled the power of the sin nature by burying that sin nature. That's where the baptism comes in. See, if you're baptized into Christ, you're actually baptized into his body. And his body came out of the tomb, and so you also come out of the tomb in the day to come. Can you give the Lord a praise offering for that one? Amen. And so he begins to say, you know what? I'm struggling with this thing, but I'm going to get there somewhere because sometimes what I will, Romans chapter number seven, that which I want to do, I don't do. And if I don't do what I want to do, then it's no longer I who do with it, but it's sin that's raging on in my mortal body. And then he says, oh, who wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then he hits Romans chapter number eight, and he says in chapter eight, there is no more, there is therefore no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. And then he gives one of the chapters, in that particular chapter 8, he gives one of the verses that has changed my personal life. He says, now, if you by the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, listen to this one, listen carefully, follow it, saints in the light. If I by the Spirit mortify the deeds of the flesh, he actually says it to the church. He says, if you, by the Spirit, put to death, in other words, mortify, kill it, crucify it, the deeds of the flesh, the, the works of the flesh are manifest, 
Galatians 5, 19 to 21. If you by the Spirit mortify the carnal way of living, which is an abomination. It belongs to the old man that's been buried. It's now disabled of its potency. The sin principle exists, but now you're dead to sin, but alive to God. So therefore, the Bible tells us very clearly, there's some beautiful verses. If you go on, you see the other apostles writing, and you see how that actually dovetails into all of this. If you, if you read that in the Greek, it's just an amazing stuff. So I will tell you now, that in Romans chapter number 8, he says, Now, therefore, there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who walk according to the Spirit, but not according to the flesh. And I read. At last, I get to the opening verse of the service tonight. And I say, Romans chapter number 6, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall then we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of, of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, you become part of the body of Christ. He's raised from the dead. We were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also live hereafter. We walk in the Spirit. And Galatians 6, verse uh, uh, 5, verse 16, he says, Therefore, walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And he gives the two. He says, Because... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, friendliness, kindness, faith, humility, self-control. Let me try that again. Liefde, blijdschap, vrede, geduld, vriendelijkheid, goedhartigheid, getrouwheid, nederigheid, zelfbeheersing. In case you're speaking Afrikaans. And we destroy the works of the flesh. And we move on and put on the full armor of God. And suddenly the, the redemption power, the resurrection power swings into action. You realize, but I've got authority. The devil can't tell me, you old dirty dog, you're a real old pig and you're this and that. And you know you're an old mangy dog. Just think of what you did last year. You know that there's no forgiveness for that. And you know, and you know the devil tries to remind you about your, your past. And then you say to him, devil, you know, I'm so... I, in fact, had this situation casting out a demon. That thing nearly went crazy when I started quoting. And the devil and his angels were cast into the lake of fire which burned forever. He says, don't say that. A demon. There's literally a demon that was in a woman. He says, don't say that. I said, devil, I'm so glad that you told me that I shouldn't say that. So therefore, just to make sure that you heard it properly, the devil and his angels, Revelation 20 verse 10, were cast into the faith, the lake of fire and brim. He said, don't say that. I said, devil, I know Jesus is here and I know that you're burning now with the fire of the Holy Spirit. I said, the devil and all of his demons were cast into the lake of fire and he was out. And the women were set free. And we baptized people. We had students in the early Bible school. We baptized people into that pool. Not this one. Arthur Africa, they were there in the south of Johannesburg. And I'm not sure of those, those areas. It could be Tukomsaris. I'm not, not exactly entirely sure. But Arthur Africa was a bright student. And uh, they were on fire for God. So they got a hold of a tent. And they're going to have a crusade out there in that, that uh, or was it Ennerdale? I'm not sure. It's one of those those places down there, south of Johannesburg. I don't know the suburbs. And, and, and he says, you know, pastor, he says, we had a crusade last night. We bunch of students, we were having church. And we, were, we, we even had a baptismal pool there. 
and we were baptizing people. He says, you know, pastor, now I'm telling you just what he told me. He says, those demons didn't want to know nothing about the baptismal pool because they still had power over the people's lives. He says, they were floating on the water and crying out, don't do this. And we baptized and the demons were gone. People said, free, give the Lord a praise offering right now. <laughs> Amen. Now, all the people tonight wanting to be baptized, would you please come to the front? I want to see you face to face and pray the blessing. It's like when you call out people for marriage, holy matrimony, when you call out people, stay next to one another. You stand like that. You stand next to one another. Now we look forward because Romans 8 continues with a major revelation. He talks about creation that groans, the Holy Spirit that groans. In Romans 8 verse 26, and he talks about we groan in our bodies because of all of this stuff. Give the Lord a praise offering for this. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think we're starting this year with revival. I think, I think that you need to stand up, give the Lord a good praise offering, including all these people to the front. Come on. Come on. Yes, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Woo! You may take your seats at the back, but not the people at the front. It feels a little bit of, of, of just like Peter on the day of, of Pentecost when there were some 3,000 people that needed to get baptized. Well, here we are in the church on a Sunday night at the beginning of a new year. And we are going to open up the taps this year because this is a year, as I've said on Saturday morning, that there are going to be miracles that people didn't expect. This is a year where God's going to answer prayers that people didn't expect that He actually would answer those prayers. This is a year in which there would be prophetic revelation. And if I may say so, just use the expression apostolic understanding of the Scriptures, insight, foresight, you know, discernment and the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ released to the people. This is a year of revelation knowledge and God will bring knowledge upon these people. Just see that you all read Bible and make sure that you all are part of the Daniel fast. Hallelujah. 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 For the last time, I'm just, would you mind if I just very quickly move through here and just say goodbye to that old man? Are you ready to bury the past? Are you ready to start a new life? Are you ready to walk in the newness of the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, kill the works of the flesh, read the Bible, pray, obey? Are you ready to be in church? Would you commit to be in church this year? We're not playing games. And you know what? There are churches today that hide away the fact that anybody's baptized because they don't want to offend nobody. No, the Bible is very clear. Repent therefore and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Judah, Jerusalem, Judea, and unto the end of the earth. Raise your hands to these people 
if you can with me, I just want to touch them. Behold, says the Lord, the axe is at the root of the tree. And every tree that does not bear good fruit, even in all the nations of the earth, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire under the judgment of the Almighty God. For I'm about to take down trees, says the Lord. I'm about to expose the hidden works of darkness. I'm about to show my glory and my might to those who have defied me. For you will stream like a river, like the river of life. You will move forward in this year and my blessings shall be upon you. And I will bless you and you will be a blessing and you will prosper and indeed until you are very prosperous. I will take care of you in the day of your need. But I would want you to know this night that this is not a time to think about or to place your trust in the arm of flesh. This is the time that you are to trust in the Lord with all of your hearts. For I will take you through the storms, through the rivers, through the fire. I will be with you, says the Lord. I will give you wisdom that none will be able to withstand. I will give you understanding and insight and foresight and revelation in the knowledge of the Lord. As you grow in the Word, you will grow this year. And every step of you growing, you'll become more and more aware of my presence drawing close to you also. Do you want me manifesting in your home? Do you want me manifesting to you? The time has come to draw near. Come unto me, says the Lord. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. I will put the tree to death. The axe is at the root of the tree. And I will herald in, says the Lord, a new day, a new era, a new dispensation in the kingdom of God. While the world is waxing evil, while the world is changing, rejoice, O children of God, for I'm well pleased with you even to this night. As you made your commitments to me, it was to me that you spoke. It was to me, says the Lord, even in your deeds, in your actions. As you publicly identified with me, says the Lord, I've done this to make it all possible for you to walk the victorious life. Now walk that life. Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. And this verse shall strengthen you. By this word, I will strengthen you. Listen, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. Amen. You know what, tonight? Nobody went home. Everybody's still here since six o'clock. Might as well go till after midnight. They're all here. Because this year is just going to be all about Jesus Christ. That's what it is. And people here in this place tonight, many of you were healed without even knowing it. You'll feel in your body there's a difference. Many of you right now in this place, you don't even know it. The Spirit of the Lord was upon you. Those aches and pains and stiffness of the body, 
Those who did not come to the house of the Lord because they could not come to the Lord for whatever reason missed out on a night of total revival here in Little Falls. But this is only the beginning of the revival because we will continue. And at the end of the Daniel fast, the tangible presence of the Lord shall be seen, heard, and felt in this place. And many will be healed this year more than any other year. For the miracle working power of God is in this place. And God has blessed the people. And God has blessed you. It is time for you to believe that. Because it shall be according to your faith. Everybody raise hands to God and say these words. God has blessed me this day. I am victorious. My needs are supplied well in advance. I know today. I can live the abundant life. Jesus is for me. Who can be against me? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Father, Son of God, and the Holy Spirit of God. Give the Lord a good praise offering, everybody. Amen. Amen. Well, revival continues. God bless you. May go in the peace. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.